it's okay to not be on board with opening up your relationship. I know that sounds weird for us to say <laughs> coming from this podcast, uh, but it's true. Like it's it's okay to not be on board with opening that up. I think opening a relationship, it's a very, very hard thing to do. And so it's okay to be unsure, to be hesitant or questioning, and maybe try some of these things that we're going to talk about in this episode. And that doesn't mean you'll never open up, but this could be something to look at and consider first rather than thinking, well, our only option is to open up if we want to change this relationship. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about what to do when you might not be sure that opening up a relationship is right for you. So in this episode, we're specifically going to be focusing on if you're in a currently in a closed monogamous relationship and you're considering non-monogamy, but you know you just aren't sure if now is the right time or if that's the right choice for you. And so we want to talk about some things that you can do instead of just diving into non-monogamy to see if that might not be right for you. And then also, I did want to say that this episode, though, these things that we're going to be talking about aren't something that you can only do in a monogamous relationship by any stretch. So I actually think that these are really useful things you can do anytime. It's sort of like, hey, things, uh, we're not sure what to do in this relationship right now. Maybe these are some things to try or to consider, uh, you know, before trying to make some major change. Yeah. So on the show that you're listening to right <laughs> the, now. The multi-amory podcast? Yeah, yeah that, that's what it is. This one right here. Yeah, this one right here. This very show, you're listening to it right now. Uh, we very much want to send the message that non-monogamy, alternative relationships, non-traditional relationships, uh, non-traditional sexuality, whatever you want to call it, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, and I think that non-monogamy and the whole umbrella term of what that covers, those kind of relationships are not more enlightened they're not the solution to all relationship problems. And we're definitely not here to convert anybody or try to change their mind or try to try something that they don't want to try. So instead, we very much want to support people feeling good about the relationship style that they're in and that they've chosen, especially if that means consciously choosing some form of monogamy or just some form of relationship that doesn't necessarily have to look you know, the same exact way as like your radical social justice warrior queer friend is doing their relationship. Right. And it's more about that you're able to choose it rather than I'm doing this by default, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that I love about this podcast is that I think we have kind of branched out from just being about non-monogamy and that specifically into a bunch of different types of relationships. And I guess, as you said, our point is that you are choosing actively what kind of relationship style you want to be in as opposed to just having it, you know, be the default out there. So there are contingencies out there who will kind of criticize monogamous couples or even people who who 
quote unquote fail at non-monogamy, which it's not a failure if you uh, decide not to do it. But a lot of people out there might accuse those who try non-monogamy and then go back to monogamy. They might accuse them of being too scared or not evolved or mature enough, um, being too insecure and jealous, things like that. But Maybe that is true in some cases, but there are a lot of other really good reasons why someone may choose not to open up their relationship or stay in a non-monogamous setting, um, and why they may just like feel unsure about it in general. So we wanted to talk about a couple of those. Uh, the first uh, thing that we wanted to talk about regarding this is that a lot of people out there may just not have enough time to date multiple people. They might already be spread way too thin with work commitments, with family commitments, any number of things. There might be an illness in the family that they have to take care of. Uh, their job may be unbelievably demanding. I just recently got back from China, and it's amazing to me how unbelievably demanding and like hard people work there. Um, I think the same is true in Japan, and like I have no idea how people would have multiple relationships in those <laughs> types of settings, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people do it, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I think it's a perfectly good reason to choose not to undertake a major relationship transition. If you already are very aware of like what your time commitments are and what your capacity is. Um, and people, you know, people who are non-monogamous also have to deal with that as well. It's like when you choose to take on new partners or dive into a new relationship or whatever, that it's always going to have to be counterweight against knowing and being very real about what your capacity is, what your time capacity is for sure. Um, so other good reasons to not choose an open relationship or to feel unsure about non-monogamy or opening up your relationships include if your current relationship, your current closed relationship just doesn't feel stable or quite safe enough. And that doesn't mean that things are on the rocks, but it may still feel like maybe there's some areas of improvement. You know, maybe you want to prioritize putting time and energy into fortifying your existing connection rather than tackling a big transition like this. And speaking of transitions, another good reason to feel unsure or maybe hesitant about opening up is maybe there's some life transitions coming up. Maybe you're going to be tackling a big move or switching jobs or changing careers or getting married soon or having a baby, stuff like that, that, you know, that's definitely perfectly justifiable reason why maybe you're like, mm, I don't know if non-monogamy is the right like, choice. That's right enough now. transitioning for right now. Let's not add another right, one yeah. on top of that. And especially having yeah. a baby, maybe that's enough, you know, adding other people to the mix. <laughs> right. Now, of course, on the flip side of this, sometimes when someone's choosing to get married or have a baby or move or stuff like that, they feel more encouraged to be like, actually, non-monogamy feels more interesting or more safe for me in this way. So it does really kind of depend on the person and their circumstances and their preferences. Um, there may be emotional health or mental health factors. So you may be in a place where you're feeling particularly emotionally vulnerable or mentally vulnerable. That could be a result of circumstances. Again, kind of like the life transitions we talked about, or maybe dealing with the death of a loved one or dealing with extreme stress or healing from PTSD or, you know, some other way, you know, having compromised mental or emotional health and also don't want to take on a major relationship shift. Yeah. Um, I mean, another one is just fulfillment or fullness. You might feel perfectly fulfilled by your monogamous relationship. Um, and particularly if that's true for both of you, you don't need to do this. It's not like you're somehow going to be better people by doing an open relationship. <laughs> and, and then the last one on our list here is just that you might already know that monogamy is the right choice for you or your partner might already know that, uh, you know, they've, maybe they have tried it. Maybe they've just thought about it a lot. Maybe they've 
looked at some of these things before and have really evaluated it and decided that that's not something that they want to do or it's not something that they believe in. And that's okay. That's okay for someone to make that choice too. So ultimately, it's okay to not be on board with opening up your relationship. I know that sounds weird for us to say <laughs> coming from this podcast, uh, but it's true. Like it's, it's okay to not be on board with opening that up. I think opening a relationship, opening a previously closed relationship is incredibly hard. It's a very, very hard thing to do. And so it's okay to be unsure, to be hesitant or questioning, and maybe try some of these things that we're going to talk about in this episode. And that doesn't mean you'll never open up, but this could be something to look at and consider first, rather than thinking, well, our only option is to open up if we want to change this relationship. Yeah, I think that some people, if their partner pitches it to them, or if they're thinking about it, that some people can kind of get stuck feeling like, oh, God, well, if this conversation is happening, then there's just no going back. And it has to be either I have to be okay with a non-monogamous relationship, or we have to break up. And like, it's going to be just this very black and white choice, you know, fork in the road, essentially. For some people, it does end up that way. But that's very rarely the case. You know, there's often not only a very large spectrum of like, how you can change your relationship or what kind of relationship format you can transition into. But there's also so many other options of things that you and your partner can experiment with for just seeing how does this add to our relationship? How does this change things? Does this feel good? Does this feel weird? Do we learn anything about this? Um, and so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, we wanted to kind of dive into this next part by giving some scenarios with uh, non-monogamy, with maybe you're like in a monogamous relationship and all of a sudden you're presented with non-monogamy in some fashion. Maybe you're the one thinking about it or maybe your partner's pitched it to you. Uh, there's a potential that maybe both of you are unsure or maybe one of you is super pumped about the idea and the other is not very thrilled about it. Uh, maybe you're just wondering if non-monogamy is going to enhance your connection or change it for the better. And there's also the possibility that you might be worried that it could be really destructive to your relationship. I know way back in the day with Jace, I was worried about that when he first kind of presented it. So there are many different facets to this that um, if, if you find yourself in this scenario and are listening to this podcast. Yeah, this this very podcast. <laughs> yes. That you're listening this to. This very one. And your you're like, holes. I'm here because I want some answers. <laughs> uh -huh. So I have a common refrain that I like to tell my clients. Um, and it's basically like when you're feeling unsure about something in life or in your relationship or for yourself or whatever, I like to tell my clients to be a scientist. Okay. <laughs> Just quit whatever you're doing. <laughs> go back to school, get your PhD, uh -huh. become a scientist. Yeah, great. done. Easy. Great. It'll, you'll definitely great, learn great some Great advice, <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 seriously. Be a scientist. You gotta put on your white lab coats. You gotta strap on your safety goggles and fire up your Bunsen burners, kids. Because uh -huh. we're going to science up, pony up. And we're going to start okay, gathering. What do, you, what do you really mean? <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. Pony up? The science ponies, you know. Oh, science yeah. ponies. I say. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that oh, thing yeah, that those, exists. Those science ponies. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, okay. The whole point of be a scientist is start gathering data. So start gathering data. Start gaining information about how you tick, how your relationship works. Um, start experimenting. You know, start trying things. Just try something and then see. That was actually, that was something that uh, when we went on meditation retreat together, one of the nuns was talking about that if you're plagued oh. with doubt in mm. particular, you know, a solution for that of being plagued in doubt is just try something, 
you know, even if it's low stakes and that's going to give you more information to then help things become a little bit more clear. Yeah. I love that. See, even nuns are scientists sometimes. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. In the spirit of all of us being scientists, we have compiled a list of six things for you and your partner to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've compiled a list of six things for all y'all out there, you and a partner, uh, to try on and to experiment with um, that may help you enhance your relationship and possibly deepen your connection and then clarify what kind of relationship might be the best for you. So let us go to the first one, and that would be to get a third party to help you look at your relationship. And so that could be someone like a professional, uh, a counselor, couples therapy, relationship coaching. This is super helpful in a variety of settings. Like if your relationship is kind of in trouble, it can be very helpful from that standpoint. But also if your relationship is doing really well and you just kind of want to find a new way in which to communicate with a third party present, that's a really good time to go and uh, get couples therapy or get counseling with your with your loved one. Yeah. Yeah. And a third party professional can really help you to mull over that question of opening up or can help guide that conversation. Now, caveat here is that this would be a professional who is familiar with non-monogamy and is Mm -hmm. comfortable with it and actually gets it. Maybe. Or it's not going to say that it all is going to screw everything up. Maybe just like by default. Yeah. Ideally you're finding someone who is, um, at least affirming of non-monogamy. But when you go to a professional, I don't think you necessarily have to make that conversation all about non-monogamy. You know, I think it can also be really good just to have someone there to help you take stock of your relationship, see where your strengths are, see where your weaknesses are. That's true. You know, um, and kind of guide you toward different areas to look at that maybe are not necessarily about do we open up our relationship or not. Certainly. I guess what I'm saying is just that if you are going to go to a professional who themselves already has a foregone conclusion that non-monogamy never works, you know, they might be able to help you in other areas, but you're not going to be facilitating a good conversation about actually evaluating whether that's right for you, because they've already decided that without talking to you or taking your input at all. So just, you know, try to avoid that. Um, But they can help you in that conversation, you know, brainstorm, get deeper into what's really going on for you about your fears or what it is that's appealing to you about it, as well as improving your communication and helping the two of you feel more connected or building better habits with each other and sustaining your intimacy and building that with each other. And so I know I hear a lot of you out there, um, myself, I'm often in this camp of saying, but that's expensive. And while that is true, sometimes it is possible to find either a therapist who takes your insurance, if you have that, or someone who does a sliding scale actually happens fairly often. Specifically, if you look for people who are social workers who do couples counseling, they will, I I have found, are more likely to do a sliding scale than a therapist, although many of them do as well. Also, relationship coaches tend to be less expensive, more flexible, more flexible many offer sliding scales as well. So there's different professionals and different ways of going about that. And you don't necessarily have to have a session every week either, right? This could be something you do just as often as you can afford. So basically find someone who's willing to work with your budget and to work with your schedule. And again, I feel like I need to repeat this. I can't stress this enough. Even if you don't feel like your relationship is in trouble, it's still Mm. highly recommended. It's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, just to have like this nice 
safe, facilitated space to be having these kind of meta conversations about your relationship can really teach you a lot about each other. And really, have you yeah. two done that? Have you two done that in any sense? Like, like I, I Jace? never have. Yeah, or or like separately or together, because I don't think that I ever have gone to couples counseling when it wasn't like, oh, we need to really work on something or there are challenges mm-hmm. here that mm-hmm. we need to fix kind of thing. No, Jason, I haven't yet. No, no. But maybe we should. Maybe we should get I mean, on I've, that. I go to like individual therapy, yeah. and Jason's gone to individual therapy. Yeah. Right, and like I have an individual. I have coach thought about and, it because I'm yeah. I'm in the middle of doing the Gottman training right now for couples, and I have been thinking about it. Of like, right. we should do some of this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, we cool. did we did recently do some like questionnaires, well, some and of the Gottman assessments from stuff. the Gottmans, the yeah. assessments, and yeah. then looked mm-hmm. at that and talked about what that showed us about our relationship and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, something to think about and then also the other thing is when we say get a third party to help you look at your relationship it doesn't count as getting a third to add to your relationship yeah that's not what Uh, we mean some couples treat it that way you know some couples like the experiment is like let's try adding a third and And get a free therapist get a free well (laughs) that's what they think yeah sort of get a free a free i don't know an experiment at someone else's expense experiential therapist yeah sort of something right. like that some immersion therapy yeah, make them deal with all your baggage basically yeah anyway Jeez. not not a good idea don't no. do that yes okay so moving on to number two in our list um that's to disentangle so find some independent interests or hobbies if you find that you and your partner maybe you spend all of your waking free time together or maybe you suspect that you're developing a codependent relationship um and i know codependent relationship tends to be a dirty word but like it's okay. A lot of us have codependent tendencies. It doesn't mean your relationship is toxic. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You know, it happens. We're in a culture that, to be quite honest, I think really encourages codependent relationships. Yeah. So mm. that's okay. Um, but if you suspect that, it may be helpful to just just experiment, just try on some disentanglement and see how that feels. And it can take on many different forms. It could be pursuing interests or hobbies that are independent of each other. It could just be something like making time for alone time, time that you're separate from each other. It could be something um, as adventurous as maybe going on a whole trip by yourself. I know several couples where if it's accessible to them, like one or both of them will do like little outings or weekends away from each other just solo and they absolutely love it. Um, Or, you know, if that's not within your budget or schedule, even just going on an outing by yourself or even just taking a walk around the block by yourself, just like examining the ways where Mm. you feel like maybe (laughs) there's some codependence or like a little bit too much entanglement with your partner and seeing if you can tease that out a little bit. This is, I think, a great precursor as well if you're feeling maybe like not opening the relationship or non-monogamy may be in your future. Maybe you're not sure now, but you're thinking it may be in your future that disentangling is a good step just to get used to the sensation of mm-hmm. I'm at home while my partner's at a movie by themselves, or I'm heading out to have this new experience without my partner. And just to, to start to acclimatize yourself to what that feels like and what that brings up for you. Yeah, like a baby step on the way toward maybe in the future they'd be on a date with someone, but you know that, mm. yeah, yeah, I know how to have fun by myself. I know, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I have my own hobbies. I, I know a lot of people who have been in a relationship a long time, particularly people who've you know been married a long time, where if you ask them, like, what are your interests in hobbies, they couldn't give you an answer. Right. They would just say, oh, well, we like to do this or we go and do that. 
or oh we're busy with these what things do you do? It's like, right but it's like but what are your interests like what what are your hobbies if you have time on your own what would you do and they're like i don't know mm. maybe clean the house or, you know it's just <laughs> like they really don't know and so this is a really good way to to do that you know is to kind of figure out figure that out again and also again even if you're not going to open up still a good thing to find out oh yeah yeah Totally. I mean, even if you can only budget some time and money to do this even once a month, it's going to carry more benefit and give you some more stat points, some more data than not doing it at all. Uh, And yeah, I mean, having your own interests, I think, makes you a more interesting person to your partner in a lot of ways as well, because then you can both discover new things, talk about them, learn something new, and then come back and, you know, relay that to your partner talk about how cool this thing is that you were doing something like that so it does uh give give a lot of benefit if you're even able to do it once a month yeah so we'll move on to the next one number three which is kind of the opposite of what we just said (laughs) but it is instead of disentangling it's to entangle (laughs) uh, like connect just yeah it, it get uh get some more connection in your life so you may feel like there's distance between you and your partner or there's lost passion, lost interest, that you're living in separate worlds. So when this happens, try to invest in intentional time with your partner. So things like doing a regular date night, uh, finding a really novel experience to try together, go bungee jumping or something, or even (laughs) rock climbing or ice skating. I don't know, something like that. Find a new hobby to share. Uh, Even find some of those like really open-ended question things out there the 36 questions or something along those lines i'm assuming the gottmans have something right yeah oh yeah 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 and ask ask your partner that like spend an entire evening and and delve into those things because that's definitely a novel fun experience for sure yeah i mean just like dedeker was saying about if you're finding yourselves being really codependent and just always doing everything together and being very uncomfortable on your own that's a good sign that you should try to rediscover your own interests and how you can be more comfortable doing your own thing, whether it's watching your shows that your partner doesn't want to watch or catching up on some hobby that you haven't done in years. And then like, you know, this on the other side is, or sometimes people, it's the opposite where it's like, we live our whole lives apart from each other and we're around each other a lot, but we're doing chores or we're zoned out watching TV and we're not like actively engaging. And so, yeah, like Emily was saying, those open-ended questions and stuff. And actually the Gottman Institute has an app that's called the Gottman Card Decks app. Not a great name mm. for, an, for an app, to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, a hard thing. It's like hard <laughs> yeah. to say. Card Decks. Yeah. Card Decks. Yeah, it's not like yeah. a snappy title. No, it's really not. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but here yeah. we are. But it is what it says on the tin. Right. Yeah, and it's it, well, actually what's pretty cool about it is that it's a free app and it's not covered in ads because it is essentially mm. in itself kind of an ad for the Gottman Institute. Right. And just it's like clean it's and well-designed, you know? But it's, it's real simple. It doesn't do a lot. But what it has is basically like little decks of cards that you can flip through on your phone that just have different sorts of open-ended questions. And they're in all sorts of different categories. There's like sexy ones, or there's more like getting to know your relationship with your family ones or getting to know what you think about love or just general or questions. Or let's talk about adventures we could have. Right. Or... Yeah. So it's definitely a good go to. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great for just sort of like, I don't know how to ask open-ended questions. That's a great place mm. to go. Mm. Uh, and we do recommend a book actually by doctors, John and Julie Gottman, uh, which is called eight Dates. Doctors. <laughs> doctor, doctor. 
which is the book Eight Dates. And uh, basically in it, it talks about the importance of reestablishing a date night with your partner. And they have eight specific dates that kind of each have a theme. They suggest types of places you can go, what sorts of questions to ask. Also, them. you know, if you don't want to go out and spend money, they suggest a, like at home versions of each of them mm-hmm. and, or cheap versions. Yeah. Of them. And it's less about, you know, you're going to go mini golfing and more about like, <laughs> these are the kind of questions you're going to ask each other yeah. related to this theme on this date and to have mm-hmm. this kind of conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then also you can check out our episode 247 on why your relationship needs a date night. And that we go into a lot more detail about the science behind regular date night and the fact that it's still really beneficial even if you just do it once a month. So just like the disentangling, even if you can only do that a little, even doing this once a month is going to make a big difference in your relationship. Yeah, and I really like this particular experiment because I do feel that sometimes when you've been in a monogamous relationship for a long time, you know, and if you're losing that passion or that excitement, or you're starting to feel like, oh, I really wish that, or like, I'm really missing those days of early dating when I felt like I was courted, mm-hmm. or I felt like we would actually dress up for each other. Um, that sometimes people turn to non-monogamy to try to recapture that a little bit, sometimes either consensually or non-consensually, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's why people cheat as well. Cause it's kind of like, you know, you miss that feeling of like mm, someone wanting right. you actively Fun or whatever. Yeah. Or the thrill of the chase or someone pursuing you or you pursuing someone or something like that. Um, and I do think that this particular kind of experiment can really help to see of like, well, if we just kind of sprinkled in a little bit more of that, like specialness around some kind of ritual date night or connecting time, or if we, you know, injected more energy into us still trying to get to know each other you know when Mm -hmm. you're going on a first date with someone and you're in those early stages of dating it's like you try so hard to get to know this person you're so curious and ask them so many questions and then we lose that over time and that doesn't necessarily mean that like you've learned everything (laughs) Um, there is to learn about your partner um you know there's still plenty of things to still learn because your partner is vast i assure you (laughs) another recommendation i've heard is actually doing something active together Something so that you actually get a little bit sweaty around each other can be nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, like, exactly. Going for a hike or a jog or going to the gym together or something. If, if that works out for you, that can also be a nice option as well. Uh, so before we go on to our final three things to try in your relationship, we want to take a quick moment to talk about some ways that you can help keep this show going and growing and get this sort of message out to more people who might need it. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discrete shipping when you use our code MULTI. 
Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. All right, let's get back to this list. So we're on number four. And number four is the experiment of connecting to people outside of your relationship. So that means being intentional about fostering connections with friends, with family, with community, with your support network, and both doing that together as a couple, as well as individually. So this kind of corresponds with numbers two and three about disentangling experiment and also entangling experiment that I think that when it comes to your friend network or your support network, I think it's important to have, you know, networks that you can connect to together as a couple in your relationship and also that the two of you have individually and even separately as well. So this. Yeah, yeah no, I just I thought at first this that this was more about sort of individually connecting with other people. But you're saying just kind of more generally is what you were thinking? I think it's important to have a balance. Hmm. Okay, yeah, you no, know, I get Because that. I think I've sense. seen couples where they only have separate friend groups and sometimes that's like a little bit weird, mm, you know? Okay. Like yeah. sometimes that's a symptom of them, like there being a little too much distance. Okay, and yeah, like that makes sense. And like no overlap. And then I've also seen couples where it's like, well, we only have shared friends and then mm. if the relationship ends then it's always the yeah how do tricky we question of friends? how do we split up the yeah. friends and you know yeah. it's very rough um get this friend and you get this friend. Yeah, yeah i've been there um so yeah this connecting it could include uh creating new connections with people you know either go into a class or a meetup group or something like that but i think we can all acknowledge that it is often quite difficult to make new friends as an adult. Um, So it could look like just rededicating time and effort to your existing friendships or family members or communities, you know, even little intentional investments with your existing friends, things like texting nice things to them for no reason or sending a card or a small gift or having a friend date or having a Skype date or something like that can still go a long way. And I mean, the reason for this is that it's just important to make sure that there's people outside of just your significant other who are supporting you, who are people you can turn to, who are people that you can, you know, do a variety of activities with that maybe you don't do with your significant other. Yeah. Or who can like support you on things or encourage you to stick to your new workout plan or your diet or something. So your partner doesn't have to be the one doing that all the time. Yeah. So there's this sort of narrative out there, like common polyamory PR about different people being able to fulfill different needs. I know I've definitely said it as, you know, one of the reasons why polyamory did appeal to me. Um, And yet it is 
it does have like a lot of merit to that statement, I think. It is kind of a broad stroke statement, but it's true even if you do choose monogamy, because we as human beings really thrive when we're connected to a variety of people and have a variety of relationships. And I do think, you know, with one person with my mom, I'm very different than I am with my best friend James and with Jason Deneker. And I think that all of them kind of bring out different sides of me. And when you're in a monogamous relationship, it's super important to not just be only with your significant other, but to really like continue to let yourself blossom and flourish outside of that relationship and amongst and within other types of relationships as well, even if they're not romantic ones. So yeah, just wanted to throw that one out there. I would say even if you are non-monogamous, I think it is incredibly important to not, because I I also see that problem too, when people, when people are polyamorous and especially if they get so busy because they have a lot of partners. They only know their partners yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly that i think it is really important and i've gradually learned this over time how important it is to maintain friendships and uh, you know even just acquaintances and coworker relationships and whatever that it's important to value those two and not just assume that oh by default like any free time i have is only going to get spent on romantic partners i think it's a really yeah. powerful thing for for making my relationships better and also just making my own life more enriched Absolutely. So let's move on to number five, which is the downer one. We it's gonna be but it's the break up, take a break, or restructure your relationship in some way. Uh, if you're an, unsure about an open relationship, so yeah, this isn't exactly a fun one to talk about, but. We definitely here on Multiamory like to encourage people that if they they should break up, then go ahead and do it by all means. Like, it's totally okay to break up. Uh, This is definitely the more extreme version of disentangling, but it is possible that an open relationship might be on the table because there is something wrong with the relationship already or just incompatibility with amongst the people in that relationship. So... Mm -hmm non-monogamy can definitely be a reason and show like, hey, you know, this is an important thing that maybe I'm really into and you're not into and I want to pursue it. And maybe there's just something that's not going to work out here. So there's also what I've seen, gosh, countless times is like your monogamous relationship. It's come to the point where one or both of you has realized, oh, this is not this relationship isn't working or maybe like I'm not compatible with this person or I'm not excited about them anymore, but I don't want to break up with them because that sounds too uncomfortable. And so let's open up the relationship as a means of kind of, I mean, this sounds horrible, but people straight up do it. But like opening up the relationship as a means of staying comfortable while I'm seeking out who my next partner is going to be. Mm, you know, I've seen yeah, that kind of play the thing out that, so many times. The thing that people often accuse open relationships right, and polyamorous that's relationships the of thing, being. Yeah. Well, and I think that, they assume that because yeah, a lot of people do that. Well, I don't even think shitty people, but just, you know, it's when you feel trapped and you feel like breaking up, isn't an option unless you have something else lined up, Mm, which, you know, I think, Oh yeah. I mean, that's a common feeling. And I think it, you know, comes from a lot of things among those being just either insecurity or fear or difficulty in doing that. You know, there's a lot of reasons why that could be. So I I don't want to pass judgment on anyone because I I feel like to a certain extent, we've all probably done some variation on that. Um, Even if it wasn't specifically like opening up with the intention of moving on, but something like that can happen. 
Um, and so, yeah, like Emily was mentioning, I mean, this could be because one of you realizes like, you know, non-monogamy or polyamory really is for me. Like now that I've learned about it, mm -hmm. this, this just yeah. feels right to me. This makes sense. This fits my ethics better, something like that. And the other doesn't. There is a point where that's just not going to be something that the two of you are going to be happy maintaining a relationship together when either basically one of you has to be getting something that they're not okay with in order for the other to be getting what they believe in. And that can be challenging, but there's also a lot of other reasons. You know, I remember when I first started traveling years ago, I read some books about uh, culture shock and about traveling and things like that. And one of the things that they came back to over and over was if your marriage is struggling, don't move abroad as a way to try to fix that. Oh, dear. And I think huh. that the same is true. Do some of, people do that. They move abroad. Well, and I think the same that people will have a kid when their relationship struggling. Yeah. It's this or like get a dog or get a dog. Yeah. It's this like some like we're struggling. And so we're going to try to fix it by doing something radical, but that's actually going to add more stress because it's a change. Yeah. Right. And, you know, having kids adds a lot of stress to a relationship. Moving abroad adds a lot of stress to a relationship. And I would say opening up adds a lot of stress to a relationship for a little while while you're making that transition. You know, that's, it is mm -hmm. a difficult thing to do. Um, and in addition to breaking up, this could also mean some variation on that. Just like choosing not to live together anymore. Uh, if you are living together, you know, choose not to live together, but stay together. Could be just changing your expectations, maybe separating some of your finances or something. You know, there's there's lots of things that can make this difficult, though, if your finances are very entwined, you have kids together. You know, this isn't just to say, oh, it's easy. If it doesn't feel good, break up. That's, that's not what we're saying. But just to realize that that is an option and sometimes it is the right option. So for some more information about that, you can listen to our episode 243, How Compatible Are You Really? How compatible are you really? <laughs> <laughs> sounds so You were like very intense about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Whenever I see the title of that episode, that's the voice that it is in my oh, head. Really? It's very accusatory. How, oh. how compatible are you really? When I think the content of that episode is actually... It's not that. It's not yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, moving on to the last one on our list. Again, this is far from a comprehensive list. This is just what we got for you today. So number six is sexy time. Uh, sexy yeah. time is uh, the time uh, for uh, sex. Oh, That's why yeah. they called it sexy time. <laughs> okay, so sometimes some people may be considering non-monogamy or opening up the relationship because... There may be some curiosity. There may be some titillation. There may be some interest Ooh. in exploring a fantasy that could be a particular sexual fantasy, or it could just be the fantasy of having multiple partners, even if we don't all have sex together, do kinky sex stuff, you know, um, or it could be motivated just by the desire to experience some sort of new sexual energy in some form. Um, and so for some people, if that's the case, turning to non-monogamy in some form is the right choice. And for some people, it's very much not the right choice. Kind of depends on your relationship. Kind of depends on who you are. Um, but you may be unsure. You know, you may be in the middle. So there is, of course, a wide spectrum of how to experiment here. We're not a sex podcast. There's so many billion kajillion sex podcasts out there uh -huh. that can give you all kinds of ideas about kinky stuff. As a matter of fact... Pretty much any of the other shows on our network, Pleasure Podcasts, are a yeah. great place to turn to um, to get some ideas about sexually exploring or, or exploring some kind of non-normative sexuality or kink or something like that. But 
It could be something as low stakes as just verbalizing your fantasies to each other, which is vulnerable and scary, but sometimes even mm. just you can verbalize without necessarily making it mean that you have to act on it. You know, sometimes you can just talk about it. You can be doing role play or you could do something a little bit more risque, more along the lines of going to a play party or a swingers club or getting involved in a swingers community. Um, or you could just go to a sex positive event or you could go to a munch or a play event and you could go to some of those things just with the intention of watching, maybe not participating, see how that feels for both of you. Um, I, I do want to clarify too, you know, if this all is new to you, that basically what a munch is, is something that the kink community puts on, but that's specifically non-sexual. Like it's, no one's going to be having sex there. No one's going to be, you know, uh, flogging each other or getting undressed or anything. It's specifically an event that kink communities will put on just for people to meet each other and talk to each other. Potentially to like find... Like it's a brunch, but it's called a munch? Right. Well, I don't know if there's usually brunch food involved. It's but... Yeah, usually they're in the evenings when I've gone to them, but... <laughs> Oh, okay. Sometimes in the middle of the day, you're, but it's usually like a dinner. You're or probably a, munching, though. Yeah, okay. it's usually at a at a restaurant or a park or somewhere with like a picnic or something. Mm -hmm. um, another good thing to try is to look into workshops. You know, sometimes mm, yeah. I think, especially mm -hmm. if you're in a city, um, if you look at your local uh, like sex store, and I don't necessarily mean like CD rundown sex store from the seventies, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know, maybe, but. You know, look into your local like sex positive store. Um, often they'll have workshops or seminars or events or stuff like that where it's usually it's pretty low stakes, sometimes aimed at beginners where you can just go and like try something. Mm -hmm. And maybe you walk out being like, well, that was weird. <laughs> um, right. Or you walk out being like, wow, that was really hot and that was cool. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. We do recommend a good place to start with, um, is this site called mojoupgrade.com. Just like it sounds. Huh. Um, I've never heard of those. Yeah. Okay, okay. This is my one criticism of the site is mm. that it is titled very weirdly. Based on the <laughs> title, what would you think the site is, Emily? Uh, well, mojo, like how to get your mojo back. Like <laughs> right. probably like how to speak better or like be more sure of yourself or something in that well, capacity. Yeah, that's not, that's <laughs> not a bad guess. That's not a bad guess. Um, there well, are but it, what? It's... Yeah, please. What is it? Is it sex, sex related? Yeah, yes. There are a number of sites okay, out yeah. there similar to this, but Mojo Upgrade I found is just the one that's like the has the nicest user interface. They recently updated it, so the user oh, interface is good. even they better. They were having some bugs and problems a little while yeah, ago. But they, okay. they recently upgraded oh, really? their own Mojo of their site. <laughs> they got their Mojo oh, back. They got lovely. their Mojo wow. back. But it's, it's a quiz that you and your partner can take um, that goes through a bunch of different kinks, sexual scenarios, group sex scenarios, all kinds of fetishes and vanilla sex scenarios and stuff like that. And you go through, both of you go through answering separately. You know, are you interested? Are you not? Do you do this already? Are you interested only if your partner wants to? Um, and then it'll show the results to both of you, but it'll only show the areas where you matched. So mm. you can go through answering honestly. And maybe if you have a fantasy that or a kink that's like very vulnerable to you to share, but your partner doesn't share it or you know, answers like, hell no, I'd never do that. Like it won't it won't out you to your partner, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so it'll just kind of show you the areas where the two of you overlap. They also recently upgraded the, the site to be um, not quite so gender binary. Oh, that's great. Well. Yeah, yes. it was yeah. a little great. bit much. OK, that's yeah. great. Awesome. And and uh, we also wanted to say that in all of this, if you are thinking about experimenting with sexual situations that involve other people, 
is just to remember that these are other living, breathing human beings and that you need to be respectful and be kind and be communicative, be safe and don't treat them just like they're a disposable sex toy that happens to have a pulse or like they're your free therapist or, you know, whatever it is, like be, be aware that this is another human being. And while you two are figuring things out, it's not okay to just drag someone else through that. They're if, also a scientist you know. figuring things out. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just a little caveat there to just, just remember that other human beings are involved. And so, you know, educate yourself and be safe and learn what you can. And I think workshops and communities can be a really great way for learning about that. Okay. Shall we review the list? Let's. We shall. All right. So number one was to get a third party to help you look at the relationship. Number two is to disentangle if you're feeling like you're a little too codependent all the time. Or number three is to entangle and enmesh and connect, which is more about not spending nonsense time, but about intentional time with each other. And then number four is to connect to people outside of your relationship. This is fostering your friendships, your family, your community, maybe making new friendships or maybe just fostering the ones you have. Number five is to break up take a break or restructure your relationship in some way, sort of like an extreme disentangling. And then number six is sexy time. Explore some ways that you might be able to reinvigorate and enhance your sex life or learn some new things or try some new things in that department. Yeah, so these are all just a few ideas of ways to get some data about what may be a better option or approach to your relationship if you're thinking that maybe opening up is not going to be the right choice for you right now. So these are just a bunch of things that you can try um, within that. Uh, and then hopefully you can come to some sort of conclusion. Although we will say that none of these are empirical. Like we're not the experts here who are just going to tell you in black and white terms, like you're ready for non-monogamy or you're not. So don't put the pressure on us in <laughs> that all, fashion. We're also scientists um, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. Would argue, I would yeah. argue that no expert could tell you that. You just like, oh, yeah, well, absolutely. check, check, check. Oh, yep, you're good for it. Or check, check, check. No, you're not. It, it is much more nuanced well, and, than that. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is it, it, there are definitely couples out there who you know, one one side of the couple believes, hey, I'm there's no way that I will be interested in this. And then once they get into it, that reverses. And, you know, the, the person who was super excited may decide like, hey, I'm I'm not all about this in any capacity. So, yeah, yeah. You, you never know. I mean, you never know until you try, I guess. I think that's yeah, it would try, try again, or why not? Let's let's do it. <laughs> just, just like give it, give it a good college try. Yeah, just gonna cycle through all the videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so get some data. Look sexy in your lab coat. Get all that done. Get her done, indeed. <laughs> okay, so we are gonna move on to recording our bonus content for this episode, and we're gonna talk about Oprah Magazine. Oh, oh my. Guess you weren't expecting that we were going to yeah, talk about I, Oprah I Magazine on a show such as this. Such as this. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm curious because I don't even know what that's going to be about. So okay. I, I will tune in and I hope that all of you too as well. 
All right. So we want to hear your thoughts. Did any of this resonate for you? Like, are you currently in a situation where you're not sure if non-monogamy is right for you or an open relationship is right for you? And you're trying to think of what are some other things to try? Are you a scientist and you're personally offended by (laughs) us appropriating your job and your lab coat? Let us know. The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenwork and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.